0: It's part of American politics. We love our polls. From local races to the national stage of the 2024 presidential election, Matt Towery and Robert Kahaley are churning the data so you can stay informed. This is Polling Plus. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Towery for another edition of Polling Plus with the bowtied one himself, Robert Kahaley. Welcome to the show, everyone. And Robert, hey. I, I guess we get a chance to do something that we apparently get to do one week and then the next week we don't get to do and then we get to do it again. But let's do this. Let's pat ourselves on the back because you and I, our two polls, nailed South Carolina, correct?
1: That is correct. Uh, whereas a lot of people thought it was going to be, a lot of the polls were saying 30%, 35% uh, uh, would be the margin of victory. Uh as usual, only uh, Insider Advantage, Trafalgar, and Emerson College uh, got it yes. right.
0: Yeah, although now, again, I want to say I'm not dissing any of the public pollsters who put their work out there because they have the courage to put it out there. Um, what I found interesting are a couple of things, though, that we talked about on the last show. And sure enough, happened. they happened right as soon as the votes were over and everyone started analyzing it. The uh, establishment media ran stories saying Trump underperformed in South Carolina. He didn't hit that 30-point mark that everyone had for him, which, of course, we knew wasn't the case anyway. But, but
1: they very quickly have also written off Nikki Haley. Wouldn't you agree? I would. Uh, there's no question. What what happened, first of all, is there are very few people who understand exactly what the percentage was, but it was roughly 20 percent of the vote. Uh, came from people that were not Republicans. And so that's part of it. So when you take those people out, it was a much better victory. But uh, so Haley did an exceptional job of bringing out quite a few Democrat voters. We talked about this a little bit in the last show, and there were uh, quite a few efforts in the last closing days of the campaign to uh, uh, really push in the envelope of stuff that's ever been done before. So it was a very large effort on Haley's part, and um, it had a significant impact. So judging this thing on this this nonsense of 40 percent of Republican voters um, rejected Trump is not accurate. No, 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 of course not.
0: And it's just another example of of the depths media will go to to be not tell the truth, not be correct, and not – and try to spin things in polling being one of them. I, we try to explain this to people all the time, and that is that you know the, the interpretation of polls can be different. Uh, methodologies can be different. You better believe by the time you get to November, the polls will have the presidential race tight as a tick, right?
1: Or they'll have uh, Demo- the Democratic, Democratic. Yeah. Yeah. way ahead in states as they did before, you know, 12-point lead in uh, Wisconsin being a 0.5 victory. I mean, right. that kind of stuff. Right, and, yeah. And again, the question becomes then, is it about reflecting the electorate or is it about affecting the election? Well, and, and since they won't have my polls to
0: kick around anymore, uh, in all <laughs> probability, uh, it'll look even worse food for the Republican nominee. But that's, that's their problem, not my you problem. You know, though.
1: Matt, this is the time of year when people in South Carolina are, are in withdrawal, Every four years, there's all this excitement of a presidential primary. It's kind of like the circus coming to town. Right. And everywhere you go, there's, you know, some presidential candidate won't shake your hand and invite you to something. And then it just, it just stops. (laughs) And there's this quiet. And the circus doesn't come back. It's gone. It's gone through November. Right. Um, In both parties. Right. And and it really is. I've watched the people; they're just kind of, you know, the political people are just kind of walking around like zombies. Well, they don't really know what to do now. Well, well, well let's talk about a place where there's a constant
0: circus, and that's my former, well, my home state, my native state of Georgia, <laughs> where there's always something going on. We of course have the the Trump trial and the issues with. And you
1: got a three ring circus going on. That, that all was a three, three time.
0: That's a three ring circus and uh, dancing
1: I, elephants and. Cars and everything. You got it all. Well, I think probably you're going to see the judge in that case
0: uh, remove both of those prosecutors. That's just my guess. Uh, But I don't really like commenting on legal stuff. There are
1: a lot of judges in that clown car.
0: Well, so, yeah, but I think this, this judge that they have is pretty good from what I'm, I'm being told.
1: Uh, and and pretty, 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 pretty pretty prosecutors in that clown car, not judges. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, anyway, without,
0: without saying anything about any of those folks, as I am a member of the Georgia Bar and I'll stay out of all that, there was something <laughs> that happened in Georgia that, that is tragic, and that is the Absolutely. death of a University of Georgia, uh, I believe, uh, a, n- a nursing student uh, at the U- University of Georgia, uh, was tragically killed by an undocumented uh, migrant who crossed around the same time period that uh, the Biden administration was declaring that that the border was completely secure. And it has all kinds of issues with it. Uh, the individual who killed this woman, as you know, Robert, uh, had apparently run afoul with the law in New York. Their system let him go. He's hanging out in Athens, Georgia. Most gruesome possible murder. I want to tell you, as a person who grew up in Georgia, did news on TV in Georgia for many, many years, served in the Georgia legislature, I know that state well. The, the people in that state are shaken with this. This this gets home to everybody. So I, And this gets to another topic. You have Joe Biden going to the border saying he needs money. He needs, he needs uh, Congress to pass the, the border bill. You have uh, Trump going down and saying— If you'd only go back to what I did before, you wouldn't have this problem. Do you think that the Biden administration can get themselves out of the ditch that they're in, having let this thing get so far out of hand? Will this be an issue, for example, in a swing state like Georgia in
1: November? Absolutely. And the thing is, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, those images of that border wall sitting there rotten are just what they are. That, that, that metal that could have been locking that border up, being sold off the scrap, I mean, just the imagery alone of that is just so powerful. But you know, it's, it's,
0: it's an imagery, but nobody's seen it, Robert. You know, we talk about that's this That's what I'm saying, year. but yeah. if
1: it's presented, you know, hopefully, and it will be, it's really powerful. And, and the fact is, there's no way around the changes that he made. You know, and now now we hear there's a, there's a national consensus for a border wall, which we've never had a real consensus for. And, right. you know, it's just $5 billion to do the whole thing. And it's just, it's one of those things where it, it's a big problem for the administration. They're going to try to clean it up, but uh, it's really hard. Well, here and, that, that
0: gets us to another question here, Robert. Um, you know, Congress... We're getting to another one of these moments where we got to do something about keeping the government open or not. You know, they kicked the can several times down, down the road, and now we're in, coming into March. What do you think is going to happen? And what do, you th- do you think the public even understands all of this stuff right now?
1: Well, first, let me congratulate Congress on not doing one big omnibus bill but at least dividing some of these separate appropriations bills Absolutely. and kicking them down the, down the road, because there is a difference. And when you, when you, the big ominous bill at the last second, there's a bunch of nonsense get put in it. And so they're probably saving the taxpayers a lot of money doing it the way they've done it. Uh, but that, no, I don't think the public truly understands. They don't even really understand what a government shutdown means. Uh, because they really don't believe the government ever actually shuts down. Right. I mean, well, sometimes, sometimes you think, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if the government shut down? Well, I can, I can tell
0: you one thing when I was always involved, Newt Gingrich, I, I, I watched it firsthand, and uh, it actually was was not all that painful, uh, but it sure got Bill Clinton's attention. And I think Bill Clinton would tell you that. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't advocate one side or another, but I can say this. I know that there's a battle within this this house and there always is on the house side. It's sort of I think it's part of the nature of the house. Uh but but um there's there's a battle for power again. And there's a, bower, a battle for which side you go and apparently this speaker is once just like every other speaker he's caught in the middle. What are your thoughts about him?
1: Well, I I think he's it's an impossible task. Uh, I think he's a good guy, and he, like I said, he has an impossible task. And one by he, by delaying this stuff and standing strong uh, to to bring about the kind of change that is needed, I, I think that that's really hard, and the, and the, there's a lot of pressure on him. And he doesn't seem weak, need at all, because he seems uh, strong in his convictions. Yeah, and yeah. he's he, you know, the, the number of you so serving so many masters as a speaker is so difficult and so i feel like he's in that position uh where he knows that if he he lets anything happen on one side you know you, he's going to have the freedom caucus upset right. on the other side he's going to have the mainstream republicans upset and uh, keeping this coalition together as tight as that majority is uh, it's difficult, so I'll give him props on that. Again, well
0: I'll, I'll say this as a pollster, and I think you would probably second me. I think that if they were to dump another House speaker, it would be curtains for the Republicans and their chances of taking the House next time. Do you agree?
1: Well, if they dumped him and immediately replaced him, maybe not. If they took six or eight votes and didn't have a speaker for four or five days and the, everything appeared to grind down to a halt, yes. Well, I, um, so so my view of this is, and the Democrats are smart.
0: They do know how to to make quick ads, and they do have the money to put them up. I, I can't help but think that if they dumped another speaker, they could paint this Congress as the worst Congress in, you know in American history, and I think it would be I think it'd be very damaging if made made the right type of TV ad. That's that's just sort of my my thought on it. But m- moving us along, uh, let's talk for a minute about. Where these campaigns go from here. I mean, it's very clear now Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. Nikki Haley, the latest, of course, the media, a lot of the, quote, legacy media are saying, well, she really could be the no labels candidate. Let's talk about these. I want to get this no labels thing down a little bit because some people may not even know what it is. Yeah, you could probably explain it better than I could. Tell me about the no labels movement, how it got started, and what you think it's going to do in this cycle.
1: Yeah, I've been following this since the very beginning. Uh, No labels is basically a group of folks that are kind of seizing on the fact that, uh, you know, you got 70% of the public doesn't want to see a Biden uh, Trump rematch. Right. So the thought is give them another option. This kind of angle of third-party candidates never win, but maybe this is the year. And so what they are attempting to do is, uh, from what I can understand, is that they are trying to get ballot access on as many states as possible so that they can have an impact in states that they think they could possibly win and then put together some kind of a bipartisan ticket, like a Republican for president and a Democrat for vice president kind of thing, or vice versa, and uh, kind of shopped this for a while. It looked like it might be Joe Manchin would be one of them. And then for a while, we thought we were probably looking at Larry Hogan. But who who would end up being, uh, you know, I think they would love to have Nikki Haley. Uh, They feel like that would make a big difference. But my theory has always been— The more crowded this race gets, actually, the better that is for Trump, because what happened in 2016, Jill Stein's margin, though very small, was greater than Trump's margin of victory in all those states. Right, right. And in 2020, people who did not want to vote for Trump ended up having to vote for Biden because he was the only other choice. That's right. Give those people somewhere else to go. And I think uh, I think it makes a big difference for Trump. Oh, goodness. Yes. Because
0: because all those suburban uh, folks who they wouldn't have Donald Trump in their in their uh, country club, Uh, they're too embarrassed to to vote for him. Well, now they have somebody they can vote for. Biden, right.
1: Well, and just various other people who who just for whatever reason didn't want to vote for Trump. And, And there's a lot who don't want to vote for Biden. That's right. I mean, there are Democrats who just think he can't do the job, who don't disagree with the job he's done, that want a more uh, moderate-centered government, but just don't think he can handle it. Or maybe think he went a little too far to the left. And so kind of hitting that sweet spot. The difference is, you know, as we polled it, the number of Republicans who are going to vote for Trump no matter what, Is bigger than the number of of Democrats who are going to vote for Biden no matter what. Right, Right, which is the problem the Democrats face, no doubt. And in fact, the
0: more bigger the ballot, the better. uh, So, so in other words, uh, the more exigent the circumstances become for the Democrats with regard to whether they keep Biden on the ticket or not on the ticket. Uh, because it's going to be a real problem if you've got all these different groups out there. Now, I will say this. I've always said, Robert, and you've heard me say before, I know the polling doesn't bear this out, but I haven't done the polling, and I don't don't think you've done the polling, so I'm not sure how it's being tested. I do think Robert Kennedy takes a little bite out of a a sliver of uh, of some of this um, support for Trump, Uh, the people who are upset, still upset about the vaccines, and who might lay that blame on him. I'm not saying it's a lot. But every vote counts in, in, these, in these sort of instances. So I'm watching the Robert Kennedy campaign. I, as you know, I've felt like all along that he's a stronger candidate than I think a lot of people give him credit uh, for being. But we'll keep, we'll keep looking at that. So if, if there's a – regardless of whether there's no labels, all labels, whatever, we know one thing. It's highly unlikely that Joe Biden will debate Donald Trump for – President. So you won't have that big crescendo moment when momentum starts shifting one way or another. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, let's think about this for a second. If there is a no locals candidate and we have Cornell West and we have uh, uh, Kennedy and we were to have Trump and they would say, hey, we're all going to debate and we're going to have a chair there for Biden. That's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. And I think they would have to put Biden in that because it, Biden not debating means there's not a debate unless there are other candidates in the race who are all debating. Right. And then, then they can have a very mate, you know, they can get a lot of rate because the thing is whatever Trump does is going to get ratings. So if Biden is wanted to let it turn into a Bash Biden show, which is what it would turn into right. in his absence, then, uh, you know, I feel like they, they, might, they might have to concede and put him up there. Wow. Boy, that's, you know, we're getting way ahead
0: of ourselves, but that's a fascinating subject that no one's talking about right now, or I haven't heard a lot about it. Uh, your your thoughts on that, I think, are right on. You know, I'm sitting there thinking they they can't let him debate. They may have to let him debate. Um, At this, if he's if he's in the condition to be able to debate, I mean, we just don't know. I mean, it. Uh, I certainly think they're going to run a, a quote unquote basement basement campaign um, to the extent they can, and and they're going to try to limit what he says. But you know, so far, when he's gotten out of the White House. Just about everywhere he goes, there's some sort of gaffe or misstatement or missing the stage. or I mean, it's just
1: something almost every time. How do they, they deal with this? Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes we've seen him seem very, very lucid and really on top of it, and sometimes not. So maybe it has to do with some kind of a regiment, some, some type of medicine, or it may just be, He's an old dude, and he has good days and bad days. Right, right, right. Well, it's it's it's
0: going to be fascinating to watch. And of course, I think everyone thinks something's going to be up at their convention. We can talk about that some other time, though. I That's guess, right. Robert, in the remaining time period, what we, we, we now know that Super Tuesday is basically going to be a fait accompli. I mean, I'm not even po- I'm not I may not poll anymore anyway, but I'm certainly not going to poll any Super Tuesday states because I just don't think hey, it's a waste of my resources. And B, I just think it's going to be an onslaught. What What are your early thoughts about how
1: Super Tuesday goes? What, what we're seeing so far is that it, it looks extremely one-sided. Uh, and now that, I mean, what we saw in South Carolina was, what, $20 million and Haley having multiple events every day versus Trump spending $2 million and coming to the state, what? Uh, six events. Well, also remind people who don't live there that for
0: a year there have been negative ads about Donald Trump running on your TV stations. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah,
1: For for a full year, we've had everything uh, from Club for Growth to Americans' Prosperity, all just attacking Trump, just to see what kind of a dent they can make. So, I mean, the twenty million has only been what's spent now. I mean, we're we're probably talking north of a hundred over the past year. So. Those results cannot be duplicated in states where neither candidate will have had more than one event, maybe. Right. And uh, probably neither candidate will spend spent much money on TV. So, I mean, the closest Nikki could get was 60-40 uh, outspending that kind of, you know, her dollar per voter is just insane in South Carolina. Right. So I think it's going to be even worse in these states and there's going to be just kind of this refrain of what's she doing? Why is she hanging on? You know, is she just being a sore loser? What's up?
0: Well, I mean, let's look. When you heard Ronald McDaniel say, I'm out as head of the RNC, I mean, you know right then, Donald Trump's your nominee. Uh, no doubt about it. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, don't even want to get into it today on the RNC. I know they've got get some money in that place. Uh, I, I will say this. I will touch on it just for a second, though. And there's been some talk that you know criticism that it'll, it will be a piggy bank for Donald Trump to fund his lawsuits and this that and the other, and it won't help other candidates. Do you really see that happening?
1: Well, you know, I think that there's always legal defense, and, and there's campaign. I mean, from what from what Trump has said, and the reason that he put Watley there mm-hmm. is he wants the RNC to focus into a ballot integrity operation. And that's not the same as funding uh, funding any kind of a legal defense. Uh, I think that what they've done with, they've kind of um, separated the, the different entities and some of, of what Trump has pays legal defense. But no, I think that's just a media creation. Yeah. 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 I, I sort of feel that way, too. I, I don't think, you know, I, I mean, obviously there
0: are a lot of things that need to happen, not just with the RNC, but all these Packs and groups that are going to be coming out to play in this presidential year. Now that a lot of these folks don't have any choice, they've either got to support Biden, they got to support something like No Labels, which has no hope, or they've got to have they got to get back on the Trump train. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all this aligns over the next few weeks. Because you know there are a lot of folks who are just sort of sitting on the sidelines. I don't blame them. Wanted to see what was going to go on. I mean, you can't be a legal swami, a political expert, uh, a predictor of, of crises that, that you can't even imagine. Um, no single person can do that as a result. A lot of, a lot of the big donors were just sort of sitting on the sidelines and going to see where everything fell. Well, now you know where it's falling, right?
1: absolutely yeah exactly okay well all right let's 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 end this segment uh by, hey let me let me, yeah. let me throw one little thing matter here That's really yeah. we always like to throw something kind of funny in and yeah how about you doing that yeah here's a great anecdote from what happened in South Carolina do you remember the day that AT&T shut down oh absolutely of course i don't have AT&T because i could never get them to work well
0: just for me i could never get good connection anyways but 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 yes they shut down for everybody right
1: well after, you know, after it came back on, the one of the more popular memes in South Carolina, the more popular things floating around, had some imagery of a Nikki Haley text. And it said, you know, the bad news is my phone didn't work for six hours. The good news is I didn't get a Haley text for six hours. <laughs> he was texting so much oh, to voters. Oh, my un-listed goodness. Text, just again and again and again. That it, it literally became a meme of how much Haley was texting, and it was very funny. And they were making fun, you know, just enjoyed the break from the AT and T outage. Yeah, I, my wife complains constantly
0: about getting these texts from everybody in the world because oh,
1: that's just fun, right? Yeah. So, the- imagine what it was like the day before the election, the day before the day before that. It was insane. Oh gosh,
0: I can only imagine it, it would drive me crazy. Uh, just there's there's no way. Well, like you said, the circus team came, came to town. You got your results. Uh, you move on. South Carolina will be important again when they try to choose another nominee down the road but for right now and we
1: missed the circus until then
0: yes you miss the circus you don't get to see any clowns or anything, do you right. yeah you know, nobody gives you any love right well like i said at the top of the show there's always the state of georgia because it's i i, I had some reporters ask me today what do i think is going to happen in georgia well and i will say this you know the polls in georgia uh, and Let's. We'll end with this discussion. We've talked about it before. I looked at the recent Georgia polling, and it just looks like, oh, Donald Trump's just going to carry that state by miles. You and I both know that's not going to be. It's going to be very tight. The, they've got a great turnout operation up there. The Democrats do. Some people call it harvesting. Some don't. But boy, they get the they get the the feet on on the pavement. And they get those votes. They gather those votes, and they get them there.
1: Uh, so they I get, that, they, get the, they get the ballots put in the box. There's no question. They about it.
0: absolutely do. And you got to you know you got to give them credit. Uh, you know, I, I know everybody's says, "Oh, it's illegal," this, that, and the other. Well, I, I you know, like I've, I know there's been fraud in past Georgia elections. Everybody up there knows it, but but it, it can't ever be quantified, and so it's very hard for you to say that a, that an election was stolen. Which is why going back to us talking
1: about the RNC, that ballot integrity is going to be so
0: important this Absolutely. time. Absolutely,
1: and, I, and I, I think that's important. They're focusing on that, and because you know the best way to prevent any any shenanigans is just shine light everywhere. You know, the, yep. the, if everybody is, is watching, if everybody's filming, it's pretty hard to steal anything. It's pretty hard to be dishonest. And, and you know, it's just the whole keeping them honest thing. It doesn't matter. As long as people are, everybody's, if nothing is done where people can't see it, then the transparency is there and everybody can be happy.
0: That's right. Well, you have know, said, I've told somebody, I said, well, if, that, if, the, if the Republicans want to really, you know, put some focus and see if these elections are done right, they ought to set up an instant news network and send people out to all these places where they can and report live that night what's going on, because if they did that, There'd be a little sunlight there. And, of course, last time you had the pandemic, so everybody was told to stay 25 feet away. You couldn't see anything. But anyway, Robert, I got to tell you this, okay? Nikki Haley had a bad Saturday, but Matt had a terrible Sunday. I went out on the golf course with a guy who – a good friend of mine who's had not one but two knees replaced, and he hasn't been able to play golf in ages and he's a great golfer. His wife is a great golfer. My wife is a great golfer. She's get, becoming a great golfer. Well, everybody's a great golfer. Matt has the worst day on the golf course I've had in two years, and my friends who know me would know there've been some awful bad days. Nothing would go right. Putts wouldn't go. T-shots were terrible. Shanking balls off to the left and right. So, Nicky, I just want to tell you, you think you had a bad Saturday? You should have been down here in Florida with me on Sunday. You would have wanted to be back on that stage because at least somebody was applauding for you. <laughs> That's my my thought of it all. always like to end with a sports note there. Robert, have a great week. We'll come back and talk about the results in Michigan, and we'll do a little more talking about Super Tuesday and where we're headed going forward. But uh, you have a great week. And everyone else, thank you for joining us for this edition of Polling Plus. I'm Matt Towery for The Bow Tide With Himself, Robert Cahaley. We'll see you next week.